Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of Conversations Over Coffee. If you're a creative individual then this is the podcast for you and if you aren't then perfect. My aim with this series is to educate and inspire through the words of people I have learned from, worked with and more importantly have inspired me to do what I do. So just a quick bit about me and I really won't keep you very long. My name is Sam Holt and I'm a photographer and videographer based in London. I love all things photography, art, music, cinema, anything with an ounce of creative input. My guest today is not only my friend, she has also mentored me over the past three years. Hanina Pinnock is a London-based fashion photographer who has such a defined and beautiful style when it comes to photographing fashion and faces. In this podcast, we discuss how we met, the huge leap straight from uni into the freelance world, and her future endeavours with companies such as Canon. So grab a coffee or your preferred beverage, sit back and enjoy the following conversation. I'm sure it will work. (laughs) Cool. So hello, Anina. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Welcome to Conversations Over Coffee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. We're doing that really awkward, like, yeah. now we started the podcast, we can start the conversation intro. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we'll just go straight into it. Let's talk about um, university, because we okay. both met through university. Yeah. Um, Ravensbourne University, for anybody who doesn't know. How was that AKA for you? AKA Rave. AKA Rave, which... Did you ever get one of those tote bags? No, like but I tell everyone I went to rave, rave and they just go, what? Yeah, like, oh, rave, rave. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Um, so yeah, we both met at Ravensbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that for you? How was the progression from first year to third year for you? Good. I found uni quite stressful, actually. Like, I mean, I loved the uni part of it, the fun side and going out. And I lived in halls, so that was all fun. Um, but as a course and as a three years, I, I found it quite intense um it's a lot of well it's a lot of work but I think it's more what you put into it so putting your teams together and everything for free Mm. everything at uni is done for free um so that I found that quite stressful um I enjoyed it though I enjoyed the course I enjoyed what we did um it definitely gives you an insight into the industry uh being at rave and having like briefs set for you and have industry briefs set for you and industry coming in um, and like timelines and deadlines. Um, so that was quite good. Uh, and shooting in the studio, is that we have yeah, available? Yeah, have, yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably the main, the best part about yeah. uni for me was having all the studio space, having all the equipment for free. Um, it was a pain in the ass to get it all out. Um but that was definitely the most important part of, um, of uni. I'm just writing down some notes. This yeah. is probably typing quite loudly. Cool. Um, yeah, so I think the one thing that I found really handy through university is definitely like having that industry insight. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like setting briefs and almost working to what you would be expected to get from a client yeah. is really, really handy. Yeah. Um, I think that's invaluable. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just that that insight, like you said, into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we just want to move forward because the the reason that you and I know each other so well is because we work together on such a regular basis. Like we were in different years at university, mm-hmm. you were the year above me, so we didn't really spend much time together at uni. Was I two years above? I was two years above you. Were you two years above me? Oh no, I'm pretty sure you're only one year. You graduated a year ago. I don't know. I'm two years above you Are because. You two years? Yeah, because I oh, so I graduated I graduated a year and a half ago, so then there was a year under me, 
and then your year. Ah, okay then. You're with Maddie and Nico, right? Yeah. Yeah, you guys are two years below me. Ah, okay then. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've always thought you were one year above me. Anyway, um, so let's move into when you've left uni. Yeah. Because you, you've done quite, in, in my opinion anyway, quite a remarkable thing of um, being able to come out into the industry and just smash it from the get-go. Um, which, you know, I think everybody would aspire to, but not everybody is able to do. Um, let's talk about how you went, literally, almost like a the week timeline. by week timeline of leaving university yeah. and going into work. Because I feel... Okay. Can I start a bit before leaving? Because I, I think gonna, it started I before that. that. Yes, go ahead. I'll leave it all <laughs> to you. Um, so, okay. So, it started... I always wanted to go down the fashion route um I always liked being with people it started always always wanting to be with people and then when it went to shooting it would then go and I want to shoot with people because I want to chat to them I want to uh like get to know someone and play around with like their positions and stuff like that I was never I like things like still life and car photography and uh, all those things even though they're amazing they just weren't for me um I was always more driven to being around people then started shooting my friends from the beginning then started working with smaller modeling agencies then bigger modeling agencies um and then small brands but like really small brands like little boutiques in london um and they're all for free everything i did at uni was free literally my whole three years at uni uh, i didn't get paid a penny um and then, like, the end of third year, uh, so probably a couple months before graduating, uh, I started working with more well-known. That doesn't make any sense. Well-known? That's not the word. Be- Better no. known. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> Better <that's> known <laughs> brands in, in the fashion industry. Um, but just creating, like, social content with them. Um, so it'd literally be like an hour shoot, two hour shoot, literally just basically just for Instagram. Um, again, didn't get paid for a thing, even though they, these brands are quite well known and quite big brands. Mm. Um, I They just said there was no budget and I was more than happy to do it because they were brands and I wanted to get in with them. Um, and I knew it was a fit in the right direction. Um, and it was content for me and that's what I needed at that stage I needed a a portfolio and then you add a couple of names onto that portfolio and people take you a lot more seriously Um, so I started doing that at the end of uni uh, and then not all the time like maybe once a week once or twice a week um, and then I graduated uh, and then I kind of just took the I guess you could say it was a risk um, to just go full-time self-employed a full-time freelance like just putting everything towards making a career for myself um in the same su- in the in the same summer I went from graduating moving into a flat so suddenly renting and paying bills and everything yeah. um and also trying to be self-employed so it was a lot in a very short period of time but for me there was nothing else I wanted to do so I just had to go for it mm. um so yeah, I graduated and the same sort of, it continued. Like By that point, it was, uni was over. Like, there's no more uni work. So everything just goes towards getting, like creating a career and really earning money at that point. Like doing any sort of photography because you've got to pay your bills, you're renting, you've got you've got to be earning money. Um, so I would just 
email hundreds of people. And I did this whilst at uni as well at the end, like hundreds of people, different brands, different agencies, um, anyone that I could. Uh, I really don't, and I still don't think that there's any limit as to who you can contact. Um, whether you're contacting the CEO of somewhere, whether you're contacting social media girl. Um, I think if you've got, if you can find the address for them, then I'd drop them an email or a DM or whatever. Um, so I would put all my energy into that uh, and try to get out and meet as many people as possible. Uh, everyone loves a free coffee. So yeah, saying to anyone, saying to anyone, oh, let's meet for a coffee. They're like, yeah, I'm buzzing. Like, that gives me half an hour off work. They're buzzing about that. And it just gives you that face-to-face interaction, which is so important. So, Like, that is one of the things I'd say is the most important thing about getting yourself into the industry is actually meeting people in face-to-face rather than just over an email or a phone call. Um, because then they remember you and they know what you're like as a person and you can sell yourself a lot easier face-to-face. Um... So I did that and it kind of carried on the same way. Like I was I was working. I mean, I was earning money in the sense that I was able to see my friends and pay my rent and it was all good. Um, but it was just, I, it was definitely me putting 100% of that effort in, uh, meeting people, putting my name out to everyone and anyone, small brands, big brands, brands out the UK. Um, and then, but I was stuck in fashion. That's one thing I never did, actually. I never thought, okay, let me approach everyone. Yeah. Like, all different types of industries. Like, I never really went to that corporate side. I never really went to the event side. I never really went... I mean, I say still life, all those sort of things. Um, probably because I knew I wasn't the best at it. So I wouldn't necessarily be the best for those play- for those sort of industries. But I never swayed outside of fashion, which maybe was a good thing because it gave me one focus um and I did that and then it kind of just grew and I started working with little bigger brands and or even the smaller brands but doing bigger shoots and obviously getting paid for them now um and then a couple months after graduating is when I got my first massive shoot which was my Nike for office Christmas campaign so that it was in October and we graduated in that summer before so it was only a couple months um and it was completely out of the blue. I it was I literally got a phone call one day and then a couple of days later I was shooting that campaign. Absolutely terrified. Um, <laughs> literally nobody so nervous in my life. Didn't tell anyone about it. Um, but I winged it massively. Like I had no idea. Like I went on set and I we were like, yeah, put a light there. Yeah, put a light there. Whether it would work or not. I had Harry on set with me that day. Like one of the lighting stands didn't work so he had to hold a light all day um i'd never met him before oh, that right. day either That's like right. i'd never met him and then he had to literally hold the light all day um and two of the lights didn't work so luckily i had a couple extras and i completely winged it i had no idea what i was doing but i knew i had the whole nike team there i had well the guys that were working on this shoot i knew i had the office guys there i knew i had the pr guys there and I wanted to work with it more. Like, I wanted to do more and more of this. So I had to... Even when something happened that wasn't right or went wrong, I just had to pretend I knew exactly what was going on, knew exactly how to change it, and we just went on. And then at the end of the day, it was a great shoot. And I, it that shoot was... I don't want to say put me on the map because that sounds a bit... Uh, 
cringe, but it people took me a lot more seriously from that. Um, and then it kind of just like went upwards. I use my hands a lot and I forget that this is just a podcast and no one's going to see my hands. I do that all the time. I I have the uh, the pleasure of seeing seeing the uh, the sign language going on. That's that's really cool. And um, I think, like you said, getting a big break from Nike. And I was lucky because I know that that's not, that doesn't happen to everyone. That doesn't happen two months after graduating for a lot of people. And I, and I know that, um, but I also know that I grafted hard to get to that point. So I really think if you do put the effort and work in and you'll get hundreds of thousands of no's and just no responses, but there will be that one person that gives you that break. I mean, I got that job because I worked with a sunglasses brand in... You got on set with me with them, Hot Futures. Hot Futures, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're doing amazing, but they're like a, a, a small boutique sunglasses brand in Brook Lane um, and I messaged them on Instagram whilst I was at uni about doing a little content shoot uh, did that and then I worked with them a couple of times after but then I ended up being one of their mates was the producer for that Nike shoot cool so you just never know yeah you really never know but it's like you said like meeting people face to face it makes a world of difference exactly and it's like the the never underestimate the power of just word of mouth Oh my god! 100%. I I don't think it's a small industry as well, like the fashion in well, creative industry overall, but especially the photo the fashion industry. Chances are someone's gonna know someone, and but they all know each other. There's so, so many people, more and more people involved in the fashion industry. Mm. If you even just think about the number of models you might have on set, like when we did that night shoot together, which mm. is a separate one to what you were just talking about. There's about the, eight of them. The huge amount mm. of crew. And if you spend time on a shoot and talk to everybody and get to know everybody, the amount of opportunities that can lead on from that yeah. is so invaluable. Even just like yeah. chatting to somebody for like two minutes and just well, getting their name. that Nike job, so that was for Nike for Hype Bay. And I got that one because the creative directors on the job, um, I had shot them previously for Jaded. So I did a really little content shoot for Jaded for the, with these two models. I was who, on that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> you were also on that one. Who were also creative directors, graphic designers. And then they brought me in for that job. So that's another example of you never know what's, who's going to yeah. get you what. Um, or how, yeah, how the industry works. Mm. They're really cool, those two, actually. They're amazing. They're, yeah, some of their fun. stuff that they're bringing up for, like... Um, it's great. Converse and stuff. Yeah, yeah they're great. So cool. Um, so let's talk about assisting because I, th- I don't think people might have caught on to the fact that I was on those shoots because I was yeah. assisting you yeah um when you first go through like university yeah the number one piece of advice apart from reaching out to people constantly is, is to try and assist as many people as possible yes did you do much assisting through university um if I'm you, honest even if it was just like it shoots inside university. yeah if I'm honest no <laughs> I didn't um but what I did do is I didn't assist a lot in in uni. Um, I shot a lot in uni though, so I was able to experiment a lot. So like, that was sort of I your I, I I was very lucky, and I lived ten minutes from where our uni was, so it meant that I was able to test a lot and practice yeah. a lot on my own sets. Um, what I did do though is, I mean, maybe we could talk about it, but after, but it's all the work experience and internships that I did. Um, including working at Vogue and GQ and including 
spending uh, three months at a photographer's agency and a couple weeks at a production agency, all those jobs allowed me to be on set and you can say watch slash assist some of the biggest fashion photographers in you in the world. Mm. So I saw I in to did I assist them? No. I didn't touch anything of their equipment or their laptop or anything like that. They yeah. all had about six assistants on set. Yeah, but imagine. I was able to watch these sets happen. And I light, like the way I light now is from watching those guys. So I I was on set a lot. And I was, I mean, I was the coffee girl, which I was so fine with um, on these big shoots. I didn't necessarily assist them, um, but I was on them and I was able to watch everything happen. Uh, I did assist a couple. I, I assisted Elizabeth Hoff uh, once or twice, who she's a huge um, commercial fashion photographer. But again, it wasn't, I, I, I mean, I mean, I wasn't being paid for it. I wasn't doing, I wasn't really assisting. She was very kindly allowing me to come on set and watch it all happen. Like mm. she had her own assistance there. I was just the helper, basically. Kind of like a runner, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I approached, I contacted her and said, I love your work, can I come and watch you on set or be a part of the day and help wherever I can? So I did that with her and I did that with Adam Lawrence, who's a Channel 4 photographer. Um, but then I did some other things, like I, I assisted Bella Howard, who's an amazing fashion photographer. But all those sort of jobs were through the internships and work experience, experiences I did. Um, but overall... Did I assist properly? No. Kind of never, in a sense. But your substitute for that was being able to experiment yes. constantly. Yes. Okay, so that, that's that's quite an interesting... I get that a lot. I think I get... A, people sometimes um, are surprised of my age where, because it's a very common thing to either study it or want to want to do it and then go into the assisting uh, route, which is amazing and makes complete sense and you learn so much um and then go on to do your own thing but I think because I did all those internships and work experiences and I was able to not necessarily assist firsthand but watch firsthand these huge shoots going on it then led me straight on to the work you just had an idea already ingrained in your head how it works yeah without having to and also, I mean, my dad gets angry at me when I say this all the time, but I'm not the most technical person. Like, I know my technical stuff. I know how I like my lights and I know all that sort of and the cameras that I use. But overall, I'm not that technical. And to be an assistant, I mean, you know, you have to have a certain level of te- like technicality there mm. and you've got to know how these things work. Whereas if you put me in a room with brand new lights and brand new things, even now, I wouldn't necessarily know 100%. Yeah. For sure. The best way to use them. Okay, so let's talk about your um, internships. Yeah. Because you said that was a pretty vital role in how you managed to get industry experience. What were your internships? I did a lot. So my first ever internship, well, my first ever work experience was at The Sun newspaper mm-hmm. when I was 16 years old. Um, and I was basically a paparazzi for the week. Oh, yeah. How was that? I went outside of Rolf Harris's court courtroom. Really? Really? No way. With like sixty year old men that were <laughs> I was a sixteen year old girl at that point. Um I'd never done work experience before that. I was terrified. Um but it was fine. It was I definitely went straight into the deep end there. Um it was an experience and I 
ticked it off the list and I never went back really. Um, <laughs> then I did I did store modeling agency, um, yep. which taught me a lot um, with how models work with photographers and that whole idea of testing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also Storm is probably one of the biggest modeling agencies in the world. So it was great yeah, to see sure. how they work in house. Um, I also then did, I'm trying to think of it in order, but I really can't remember. Um, so I spent three months at, uh, six, seven, which is a photographer's agency. I then spent a summer at Vogue, British Vogue and GQ magazine. Um, all everything I did, I related it to the photography side. So if I did uh, the magazines, I was on the picture side. If I did the production agencies, it was on the photo. Like it was still on the photo side. I did a production agency for two weeks. I did tapestry, uh, and then I, I like we did a at Ravensbourne that we do a uh, a term on advertising. Mm-hmm. And I really really enjoyed that term. Um, so I wanted to find out more about it. So I went and spent a couple of weeks at WCRS, which is one of the biggest advertising agencies in London. Um, so things like everything intrigued me and I wanted to see what it was like. And I think the idea of going freelance terrifies anyone, um, whether you're a student or whatever stage. So I wanted to see what the other options were or if there's anything else that I enjoyed as much as taking the photos. Um, I always say now, I think doing all those internships and work experiences were probably the like one of the best things that I could have done and one of the reasons as to where I possibly am today is because I learned how the industry works with each other like I learned the timelines I learned the lingo um I learned um how the modeling agency speaks to a production agency how a photographer's agency books uh, a model or a t- or an assistant or I just learned I learned everything from not not necessarily being in it because I wasn't I was doing work experience but watching it all happen which those are all things that you're not gonna know unless you see does that mm. make sense yeah, 100%, yeah. like I, I learned exactly I learned budgets I learned like how you talk to certain people the which you know what I mean like, little things like that which you'll never know unless you're in it um, but work experience and internships allowed me to be in it for even if it was just a couple of weeks at a time. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, I, it's weird because a lot of people are very set on hitting the ground running. And I think a lot of students, especially going to the university in London, it can be very, you can end up being quite headstrong, I think. Mm. And I think what you're telling me is you've got to have that patience and the, the willingness yeah. to work for free. This is a conversation that it sometimes can people have very different views on whether you should work for free or you should not. This is one of the things Harry and I talked about and, at yeah. great lengths. And I know and I know people do have strong opinions on that, on the t- on the the topic. And let's be honest, the fashion creative industry is one of the worst at I guess you could say exploiting. Um people to work for free um however I would never change what I did I and I literally worked for three for for free for three years there's a lot of Mm. threes and threes there (laughs) um and I wouldn't change it for a second yeah the reasons why is if I didn't do those things I would I definitely wouldn't be where I am now because those jobs that I got um at the beginning like when I was finishing uni if I didn't take those chances, and those were only like a couple of hours on set, it wasn't like long days or anything. Um, 
then I, I wouldn't have built up that those names or that portfolio. Um, obviously shooting and testing, that's obviously all free. Um, but then you're getting, you are getting stuff out of that. And then with the work experience and the internships, like I was able to meet people, I was able to put my foot in the door. Um, so for me, it was all worth it. I completely get, there are, there is a limit. Like I think if someone's asking you to shoot a whole e-com day or a, even like a full day of shooting and then wants fill 40 edits on top of that and they're a brand. Yeah. Um, you can't let them take the piss. Then you can't let them take the piss. Whoever you are, whether you've got a portfolio, whether you don't have a portfolio. I, th- I think there's definitely a, a line, which is quite a thin line, as to what is worth it. I think in the day, if it's worth it for your career and it's not going to take you, it's not taking that much time out of your your day, um, then I would say do it. Uh, things like... I mean, at the time when I did Vogue and GQ and I did all those different sort of work experiences, I had, as much as I wanted to be a fashion photographer, I didn't know if I was 100% going to go down that route. Um, And I knew to be in the creative fashion industry, having those names on my CV is, would be amazing. And even to this day, I, I mean, I haven't shown someone my CV in probably about two years, two, three years since actually I did. The, the summer at Vogue, no one has ever asked to see my CV ever. Just but your, your book, your yeah, portfolio. my just my portfolio. But when I when I was at uni and when I was doing those sort of things, when I told people I'd spent the summer at Vogue, everyone was very very impressed. And I feel like if I wanted to continue down that route, those that would just, people would still be impressed by that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I know I even now to be honest, if I got offered a job. That wasn't going to be a crazy long one and it wasn't going to take up so much of my time. And I really wanted that brand and there was just no budget. I mean, chances are there's always some sort of budget with brands, but just say there was no budget or a tiny budget and I would do it. Because the value that you're getting back. Yeah, because if it was a brand I really wanted, yeah, if it was a brand that I really, really wanted and it was just like an Instagram post, just something for social media or something and it was a half day shoot or even a full day shoot but like one or like a couple of edits i would do it a hundred percent even if it was like a, a 300 grand like ad campaign no because then you know <laughs> that's the thing those sort of things you know like there's money involved yeah, for sure. just say okay who knows i'm gonna say gucci who knows like is my work really gucci probably not but just say they came to me and said look, we love your work, we have no budget, like, let's be honest, that's rubbish, but let's just say they had no budget, um, but we'd really love you to create um, some content for us, as long as all your expenses are paid, so your studios, your, your equipment, everything like that is paid for, so you're not, spe- you're not spending your own money, um, we just want one or two Instagram posts for you, um, we'll, like, would you be able to do it? I would 100% say yes. Because yeah, then you've sure. got Gucci on your work, on your name, on your on your portfolio. And you can then say you've worked for them. You can show the work that they've posted of yours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, I think the, 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 the thing that people get confused with about working, as in not getting paid. Yeah. Um, like you said, if, you're, if your expenses are being paid, then 100%. Yeah. 
Um, you shouldn't be. You should never be spending your own money. No. Or you shouldn't be getting something that is less less value to you than is of value to the client. Yeah. Um, I I've done the same in the past, to be honest, and just said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. Like, I I have shot for through this production company that I'm working with. I've done things like I did an internship with them for a summer. Yeah. Um, I was all over town all the time photographing, it's not getting paid a penny. Yeah. But it's all in my book. It's all, yeah, it's all exactly. brand stuff that I can just pump out to people and be like, look, I've shot this. Yeah. I can do this for you. And Here's especially a when you're starting. Like, let's be honest now. I'm a year and a half down. I'm working with some really, really big brands doing some really big shoots. I can be a little bit more, like, strict in that sense. Like, okay, I'm not going to be doing that for free. Or I'm not going to be doing that for free. Yeah. Even though there are still things that I would... Like I'm no, I'm never saying never. Like there, are, I I know for sure that there will be things that come my way that, even if they're not for free, but they're really low budget, um, and I know that I'd want to work with that brand and I would do it, um, because that's just the sort of person I am, and I think if it's worth it, you should do it, um. But I think hundred percent when you're at the beginning, when you're tr- when you're trying to get yourself into an industry, you can't cut yourself off at that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If it obviously if it's like a massive job or if it's taking up all your time or if it or if it you just I don't know I just think when I was at uni I was like I have to do everything or anything to get myself into this industry and I think if you want to do something that badly spending a couple days working for free but potentially getting some good work out of it or even meeting the right people you know I think is worth it People disagree with me on this, though, and I know they do. Um, but I do like to. Th- I would like to think that I am proof that it gets you. Something. It can help. Yeah. I'm not saying it helps for everyone. I'm not saying it's necessarily always going to work. But it those things, all those things that I did for free, got me to where gave me that that push. And you've had a strategy the whole time as well, saying that I can I can work for free and I will get this in return. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have that mindset and be like, oh, I'll work for free. And then think, it's like, I've done the work as opposed yeah. to like using it to your advantage. I think sometimes, it sounds awful, but people just like to, like, everyone likes to think that they're the best. Um, not in a bad way. Like, you, I think you just have to remember when you're when you're starting off with something, like, you just have, I don't know. I don't know how to say it without sounding absolutely shocking. <laughs> I just think you've you, sometimes you've got to remove your ego from it, or remove what you think you you're worth or what you are, and to get yourself to a point where you're not getting jobs offered for you for free. Say, you just gotta you gotta do it. Sometimes exactly. you just gotta like suck it up. Exactly. Do you agree? Yeah. I yeah hundred percent, and I I like the delivery of that. As I, well. I'm really? I'm really not trying to sound. <laughs> Because I do know that there are people that, that don't agree with that. And I completely get their point. And there are certain things that I think shouldn't like up there. I mean, there are lots of magazines that do like three-month internships for free. That's shocking. Like, mm. you can't expect that. It's I also know, illegal as well in the UK. Is it? <laughs> if your internship is I feel like it wasn't when month, I... Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that's the... Because some of the magazines when I was at uni used to do that for free. Like, the fashion yeah, students used sure. to do like great, like, six-month internships I, I, for free. I, if I'm... I believe right you. in understanding because I was at an event where another guy was talking about mm. doing internships um, and he, you know, quite an established um, designer and saying yeah. that 
if it's longer than a month, I'm pretty sure there's a clause in the law somewhere that says you shouldn't be working for longer than a month. But anyway, I mean, I spent like 20 minutes talking about not working for free, (laughs) which always happens when any two photographers start talking to each other. Um, Let's talk about uh, having an assistant and how good it is to have an assistant. (laughs) Um, Okay. What, in, ge- in general? Having me as an <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, we just talk about you. Um, no, generally, because like, I feel like a lot of people, if they are trying to get into assisting, yeah. aren't entirely sure about the, the value that they can offer a photographer yeah. um, and the responsibilities yeah. that come with being an assistant. Okay, there are a couple of things. So, firstly, I always love having a friendly face on set. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really lame, but going sometimes, especially when you're going on to big sets... Um, with like crews of 20 plus people going in with someone like sometimes puts you at ease a bit and it's just a bit makes it a bit of an easier uh, I guess welcoming in a way Um, so that's always that's just a plus that's just a nice thing Um, I mean assistants are crucial they I mean you guys should I do a little bit of a shout out there so you um, Harry I've had a look, I mean, Maddie, Whitney, and then also, I mean, in the last couple of months, I have been working with people outside of Ravensbourne, and, um, but I, all of you guys, you're all amazing, and super, super talented, um, I mean, you and Harry are so technical, like, way, so technical beyond your, I say beyond your years, but it's not, it's beyond your, I guess, your study years, your university years, because you can have a 16-year-old who's the most technical person ever, but, um, I mean, I was working with you guys when you were in first year, um, and you guys knew so much, ten- like, from a technical point of view, with your, with Capture One, and with your laptops, um, and with the lights and everything, um, and I think just having a person on set that knows all that stuff, or even doesn't, you don't have to know everything, but knows a bit more than maybe I do, or just as a, like, as a, not a, not a, not a security blanket, but just like if something's not going exactly right, instead of you having to panic about it whilst also trying to talk to your client, whilst speaking to the models and making sure they're okay and whatever, you just have someone on set that's an that can help you with that. Yeah. Um, also, an extra pair of hands, which sounds really, really lame, but on set is so important. Um, I mean, fashion, putting up a backdrop. That's exactly. Like a exactly. It's, that's a two bed. Is that person two person? Like, <laughs> holding a reflector. Like, you've got to have someone yeah. to help to do that. Like, little things like that, which um, don't sound very interesting, but actually really, really important. Like, whenever I'm shooting outside, that I always use a reflector because I like that clean look. Um, so that, that automatically adds another person in mm. into the mix. Um, so, I, I mean, I think you, you're all crucial um and super super talented at what you guys do um yeah so i i love it there's definitely a um not a hierarchy but like a almost like a ladder you have to climb as an assistant this is just from my personal experience okay like when i first started assisting because you talk about being quite technically knowledgeable Mm. before even assisting you i was assisting a guy called tommy down where I used to live, who's another, he's more of a portrait photographer than a fashion photographer, but he taught me literally everything I know about lighting. And I started out with him, I remember my first shoot, I was literally like making the tea, running around with lenses, like just doing anything. And I look back now and I I sort of did it when we were on that big night night shoot for Hype Bay and I look Mm. back on 
the the amount of work and years you have to put in, even as an assistant, to be able to get up to the point where you're a first assistant on yeah. a shoot, your digiops, your lighting tech, yeah. and the reliability that you have coming from me or someone else. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally, I, I've never worked with an assistant. I've never had to hire an assistant yeah. to work with me, mainly because of the kind of work that yeah. I do. It isn't like yeah. that. Um, but I can imagine that having somebody like that on set is just infinitely invaluable. And it like you said, it's like a, a, a problem, a problem yeah. half, shared is a problem halved. Yeah. Like you said about like lighting or whatever. No, exactly. It, it is, there is, there is a massive pressure or not that there should be though, because at the end of the day you're working as a team. So if something's going wrong, it's not your assistant's fault. It's, it's on, not that it's their fault, but it's like a joint thing that you have to sort out. Um, I also think that's person maybe the, the character that I have that's how I feel I think there probably are people out there that if you book an assistant it's their job to make everything perfect and everything right and that's just them not not you um I don't necessarily think like that um but it does it helps a lot um and yeah I get what you mean there are I mean there are assistants that I know um working with like the big agencies and stuff that have been being an assistant for 10 plus mm. years so they have a lot of experience you doing make, it you can make a living out of being an assistant oh my god they make a really good amount of money as well <laughs> I went really quiet there. <laughs> um, I'm in the wrong business <laughs> no, us, no some of them I, I like I know some of their day rates and it's really really good um, I mean you compare it to some of the photographers that they're assisting and the jobs they're assisting well, exactly, on it's a lot yeah. different but as a normal rate or a normal freelancer rate it's amazing and um, it's like 100k day rate yeah exactly <laughs> her assistant would probably be on like 1k or whatever yeah, it's crazy um but it's still great so yeah no I, I mean i think it's really really important i also think with that being said i think as a photographer it's definitely important not to just rely on your assistants um and i do sometimes not all the time but i do sometimes go on set without assistance there are some brands i work with that just refuse to put a budget in for an assistant um, so I could, I, I mean, I get a lot of people asking to just come on set from like a work experience point of view or stuff like that. Um, but then there are a lot of times I go on set by myself. Um, so I, I am fully in control. I have to be able to do everything. Um, which I think as a photographer and as someone who is controlling all of that is really, really important as well. You can't just rely on someone else. Um, but yeah. Excellent. <laughs> this is possibly the easiest podcast I've ever done because you can talk for England. I literally it's talk for England. <laughs> I, I talk way too much. It's really When we're bad. on set and we're just like, I think we're supposed to start shooting like an hour ago, Hanina. Like, yeah. We can best get on with it. I know, literally. <laughs> um, let's talk about... Like you see um, my tea. I haven't even sipped in one bit of that. <laughs> I, I have finished my mug. That was a good cup of tea as well. Um, let's talk about education because... you you started doing a lot more talks and Mm -hmm. um, presentations recently, which is really cool. Um, It's something that I've always wanted to, yeah, workshops. It's something I've always wanted to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really hard to sort of phrase this as a question or a prompt, but if you could just sort of explain how you you got into like the education side of things. Well, I've never looked at myself as an educator. Well, I would consider you. Wow, I've never never actually thought of myself as that, but I guess with the workshops that I do, I guess that kind of is the title. Wow, wow. That's a bit cool, isn't it? A teacher. Um, (laughs) um, So, it's it's not a very crazy story, but overall, um, I shoot with Canon. 
like Canon equipment. And I don't really have many backups, let's say that, as for equipment. Um, and I was really keen just to create a relationship with Canon. I wasn't expecting them to say, reply to me on an email and be like, oh my God, yeah, take whatever equipment you want. We're giving you everything. Um, but I wanted to make myself known to them. Uh, so me in a very Hanina style, just message them. On Instagram? On LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. I met... Uh, one of the Canon guys at the photography show, mm -hmm. probably, well, the Ravensbourne, the degree show, the Truman Bureau. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably sure. the, if I'm honest, probably the only good thing to come out of that whole show was this contact. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Why is that? I just didn't find was it. Is there a lot of expectation there? No, they, I just, uh, if I'm honest, I, th I think it was hyped up to be, wow, you're going to meet so many industry professionals, blah, 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 and... We met no one. And I was there every day, all day. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think for Ravensbourne and for my style of work, it just wasn't right. It was a, it was a quite an artsy exhibition. Um, I think there were lots of creator, curators and um, uh, maybe gallery curators and things like that. It wasn't necessarily ad agencies, creative agencies. I was going to say, it's not useful if you want to shoot fashion. For me, it, museum. yeah, for me it was, uh, I would say, useless. Apart from meeting the guy from Canon, um, who then, we then connected on LinkedIn. Um, and then I, we didn't speak. So that was uh, nearly over a year had passed since yeah. we'd, I'd actually spoken to him or got into contact. Um, but I just thought I wanted to introduce myself. I use Canon. I love their stuff. Um, I'm shooting these the sort of things and I'd love to create some sort of relationship with them. Um, so I just dropped him a message uh, with my work, a bit more about me, just like a small introduction because I'm pretty sure he meets hundreds of people, he's not gonna remember me. Um, and then he said, let's meet for a coffee in London. Did that, again, went in there selling myself. Um, my dad's in sales, so I think I get that part of, my mum's PR <laughs> and my dad's sales, so I'm oh, merged nice. into okay. one. Very good. Um, but I enjoy that. I do enjoy the, the meeting people and selling yourself side of what I do. Um, and then I met him and he was like, I really like your story. I want to get you into Canon HQ um, to introduce you to the marketing team, to the other, uh, just like more people within the office. So I did that mission. It's like so far out of London. Where is it? I don't even know. Surrey. For, I don't. I couldn't tell you. Is it in like an industrial state? It's it's amazing. It looks like a five star hotel. It's really oh, really? really cool. Yeah. Oh, um, I think they're moving there, but it was a very cool location. Um, and I just went in there and then met a load of people. I met the marketing girls because they were possibly interested in using me in a part of a, like a campaign to advertise for Canon. Mm. Um, and then he, and the guy openly said he was like, "Look, you're a very good talker." And you're, you're confident and you've got a really interesting story, which was a really nice thing to hear. Like he, one of the things that they said was like, your story is super inspiring. Um, which sounds a bit weird when you just think about me and it's just little me and my normal crazy life. But as a, sto as a couple of years have gone, it has quite, it's been quite an adventure. Um, and I wish when I was a 16, 17 year old or uni student that I would have listened to a story like mine because it just shows how doable it is. All you have to do is just work hard. Um, which I never really got told, like, we never really got told that when we were at uni. We never really had talks that, 
I was like, wow, I, I want to be like, I want to do something like that or be like her. Um, so they just said, well, they can and do a thing where they um, do lots of workshops and like relations with the, the camera shops like Wex um, and just on their own and like women of the year workshops and stuff like that. And they were like, would you be happy to do them? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, that'd be a bit fun. Mm. Um, and now, so I've been doing them for about three, four months. I've probably done about five. Um, and then the next one is the photography show, which is a big stage, which should be fun. But I enjoy them. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about anything that I don't know because I'm just talking about my life. I'm not even talking about my whole life. I'm talking about the last two, three years. Yeah. So it's all new. Mm. It's all I'm not. I'm not like making anything up. I'm not rehearsing a script or any sense. Like it's literally just how I've done it. I'm very open. Like some of the people when I go to these when I do these talks, they're just like, "You're the most open book ever." Like I will literally. I'm not hiding anything. I tell them every detail, fact, trick, like tip that I've done that's worked for me. I'm not saying it's necessarily going to work for everyone, but just everything that I've done to try help other people. I guess. Cool. That's really, yeah, that's really sick. I, I'd love, I'd love to do a talk somewhere. Yeah. I just think it's such a good, you know, I do, I do the whole like YouTube thing. And, yeah. Like, no, doing yeah. that, like look at the progression of like being able to speak to somebody. Um, but I'd, yeah. I'd love to be able to yeah. do. And doing it with Canon is. I, you know, I'd lo- actually love to do it. I'd love to go back to my old secondary cool. school yeah. and give a talk there. Yeah. And doing and yeah that yeah of course that'd be amazing and doing that with Ca- uh, doing the whole this whole thing with Canon just makes it even more amazing because it's, it's Canon like as a thirteen year old as as a thirteen year old girl when I got my first Canon it was like I would never in a million e- years thought that I'd actually be working with them that they know who I am and that they send me around the country because they find me inspiring it's a really soppy moment right yeah. now do you know what I mean though. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's got, it's a, thank my mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? When I came out that meeting, I was a bit like taken back because yes, I work with all these amazing fashion brands, but as a photographer, Canon is everything. Mm. It's the biggest. Canon, Nikon, like they're the biggest. So to have them recognize you as a photographer as a, at that point, 22 year old is, is amazing. Yeah. The one of the talks that I that I really enjoyed, which actually wasn't through Canon, was with um I got asked to go to this. It was like one of these projects in. It was it was a a, a charity a creative charity that helped uh, like East London schools um, and it was a talk to about a hundred thirteen to like sixteen year olds at school. Um and mixed boys and girls. Mixed boys and girls, yeah, all East London though, so it was in like Shoreditch area somewhere. Okay, cool. Um, and I that was like the biggest audience I'd had, um, and also the youngest, which was quite nice. Um, and I was again, it was literally about five minutes. It was a very quick thing, um, but I was just explaining my story. But I could see with them, it was really relatable. Like they were all students that were interested in the arts, whether it was architecture to photography to graphic design, anything. But it, it I. W- they had about 15 uh, speakers, all of people within different industries, but I was the youngest. They, everyone else were like CEOs of their architectural firms or whatever, like amazing people. These were actually some big names that were at this talk. Um, and I was the youngest one by a good 15, 20 years, which meant to these 13 to 16 year olds, it was a lot, it was really relatable. 
Um, and they ask like some really good questions, and I like that because I feel like I'm potentially helping someone in a way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, to be honest, like uh, when I was at secondary school, um, my first secondary school from ages eleven till sixteen. Mm-hmm. So years seven till eleven. Yeah. Um, like I went to a boys' grammar school. It really wasn't a very creative. I mean, it was called the math school. It was. It was like <laughs> if anybody listening to this knows what the math school is, you'll know what what they're all about. Um, and anyway, like the music. Every time that I always say this, but every time it rained, the the roof of the music department would fall in. It was like that, and then yeah. they just built like brand new math block, yeah. building block, you know. Yeah, my school. Same was a same story. Yeah. So to have somebody like. To come in and talk about creativity, mm. to you know, when, when you're that age, I also think human beings are wired to create more than we are to consume. Mm. So to have somebody to come in at such a when you, you can be what's the word I'm looking for, like an, almost like an imprintable age, yeah, to come in and talk about creativity and photography and fashion and yeah. you know all these stuff that is would never in a million years be seen anywhere near the curriculum. No, yeah, would, would be so so cool. Yeah, um, and then obviously I went on to secondary, uh, not secondary, the sixth form at a mm. completely different school where it was very creative. I mean, the headmaster used to teach drama, so it was a complete switch in that sense. I I, I think. What you're doing is great, being able to go into schools and talk to young people. Um, and I, you know, I, I personally would find that yeah. invaluable. And you come out of it, like, I mean, obviously everyone has their on and off days. And so just say you're having like a, I mean, I've had it before. You've had like, you're just having like a bad morning or something. And then you go do these talks. And even if it's just like an hour, you come out of it and you just feel great. You know, mm. and that's a bit of a selfish thing. Yeah. But you feel great that people have wanted to come and listen to you or learn from you like I did one and this uh she was about a six-year-old girl came with her she, obviously she's so young so her mum and all her brothers came because it was like the school holiday so they were dragged <laughs> yeah. along they were fuming but the six-year-old girl <laughs> was interested in photography and she really? was the most confident little kid I've ever met in my life and every five seconds because she's so at that age they're not scared she was like what camera do you use I'm I'm like Using my hands and you can't see. She was, every, every two seconds, she was putting her hands up, being like, what camera do you use? What uh, brands do you work with? What's your favourite shoot that you've done? What this, what that, what this? And it was amazing because she was so young. And then at the end of it, she was like, I just want to grow up and be just like you. Oh, and it's like nice. the cutest thing ever. And I was said to her mum, I was like, it's amazing that... I mean, it's incredible that she's got an interest at that age. But then it's also amazing as a mum to then to take her to these sort of talks mm. um, during their school holiday, when I'm sure there's much more things that they'd rather be doing, um, because she's got an interest in it. And I, yeah, I thought that was really, really impressive. That's incredible. It's six years six, old as well. she, she was so young. But at that age, they don't care, do they? They're so ruthless. No. They're so cute. I wish I could be six years old again. <laughs> Some days. Where we live, we, when I walk to fear to work sometimes... Um, we walk past quite a few schools yeah. and you see kids and they're just like going mental Happy. all yeah. the time. It's like, it's like when, when I, I would, what I would give to be that yeah. age again. <laughs> it's like when I was skiing, like I was sad, stood there terrified and these like two year olds were zooming past me. Yeah, just running into yeah. things and banging their heads. Literally. Um, I think we've got about 10 minutes left. Okay. Um, which is excellent timing. Okay. Um, I just want to talk very quickly about... Um, being a female in a very male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken to quite a few people, yeah, that all uh, female, yeah, um, about how how this works because 
it's really strange because there's a couple of lecturers in our university who have like written papers on it, for example. Mm. Um, and I, I tend to not really agree with people who have written on things that they've never experienced, but yeah. um, or written about things that they've never experienced firsthand. But yeah. it's really interesting speaking to people who have experienced it firsthand. Okay. And one of the good things about Ravensbourne is they get a lot of industry leading professionals to come in and talk to you. Um, the one really interesting thing that I found is the number of uh, women who do a photography degree, Yeah. the vast majority of them don't actually go on to do photography. Yeah. But they will go on to do, like, art direction, creative direction, styling, all of, like, the sort of the the peripheral things around photography, Um, which, again, is very interesting because we did that night shoot for Hype Bay. Yeah. um, And they obviously did that video, um, and it was all based around... A team of women. Female empowerment. Yeah. And it was incredible. It was really cool. I recently did a new balance campaign and it was exactly the same. It was all around female empowerment. Yeah. Um, I just want to sort of get your opinion because I've, I've heard um, can I ask? Say, can I ask what those other people that you've spoken to have said about it? What? About being a... About, yeah, what was their, opi- uh, their to opinion? To be honest, it's been like 50-50 okay. split between positive and negative. Okay. Um, bear in mind... Um, the majority of people that I've spoken to have yeah. been documentary photographers okay. um, and portrait photographers. Um, and I do think, especially on the documentary side of things, mm. it's a lot easier to approach somebody to ask to take their picture if you're, if you're a woman. Because yeah. you seem a lot less intimidating. Yeah. But, no, I get that. Um, let's move away from documentary because we want to talk about, uh, and again, this, this happens in most industries, to be honest, um, having such a male-dominated industry mm. where there's not really enough female representation. Okay. Un- unless you're, you know, you're a model. And <laughs> it seems a yeah. bit silly, doesn't it? So For me, and I've got asked this question before, just right, right people, um, I've never found it a negative and I've never experienced it in a negative way. Um, I personally love it. I'm, I work in young fashion, like, which is mainly... mainly f- fashion like female brands um but obviously a mixture um so for me I only think it's a positive being a girl personally Mm. Uh, a young girl again I think is even better uh it means that brands are never nervous about me being on set with with maybe young models sometimes models that have never haven't had that much experience so they're a bit more nervous sometimes influencers who are some like not always as confident, again, being in front of the camera, being a young girl myself, um, I think just makes it a little easier. It makes the brands a little less concerned about that. Um, I mean, I've spoken to brands before, like PR agencies and brands, when they've said that they they have stopped working with certain photographers because of the way that they've been on set, uh, sometimes man, men photographers, uh, not because they've been like inappropriate or anything, just because in some there's a like a bit of that laddie culture, you know. Yeah. Um, sure. and not all, especially with young, fun fashion, like young girly brands, they're not they don't necessarily want that. They don't necessarily want that vibe on set. Um. So, I, personally, I've never experienced it in a negative way. I know that there are a lot of men fashion photographers. There probably are more men fashion photographers than female fashion photographers. But I think in this new age of photography, or like the, like the, the photographers that I look up to, um, who have been working, say, 10, what, 12, 15 years more than me, they're all female. Um, and 
I just think it's a good thing. I've never experienced it in a negative way. Even working with male models, they've always been really, really lovely. Uh, the, te the teams that I usually work with, depending on who the brands are, they can be quite mixed, but mm. a lot of the times it's mainly females. Um, it's like when we do things for... Um, skinny dip? Skinny yeah, so all female all team. Female I, I mean, I've had it before when I've actually been asked by like... So when I've been brought in for a job, um, they have said like, um, we want it as a female crew. Like everyone includes my assistants. That includes videographers. That means they, it's, it's, it's become a... I don't want to say a trend because that sounds awful, but like it's a, I guess, a, in a sense, a way of empowerment. Um, and the brands do it because then they can have a backstory to the shoots as that we've built together a female crew. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a trend, I would say. I'd, I'd say it's definitely like something that people will try and... Do on purpose. Do on purpose yeah. because it, it delivers that message. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, do I think it makes a massive difference on some of these jobs? No, but I think it. I I, I think it's great working with all. I, I mean, I, I like I say, I don't find it different if I have you as assistant or if I have a female as an assistant or if I'm working with a male videographer or if I'm working with a female videographer. Like, I don't. I just take people for people, but um, I it's I've never had it in a negative way being a young girl um in this industry. Or I've never had it to my face anyway. Maybe behind my back. I don't know. <laughs> but like on... Slating you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like even when I go in for meetings and things like that, like I've never had it as a negative that, oh, you're a girl or that, oh, you're you're twenty now 23. Like I, I, it's always been, oh, wow, you're so young and you've done so much. Or, oh, do you know what I mean? Mm. To be fair, gender's actually never been a part of anything for me. I've never had, oh, you're a young girl. Ever. It's always it's only ever been oh you're so young, whether if I was a girl or a boy I don't think it would make a difference. Oh okay, I, w I wasn't expecting that. What did you so think I was going to say? No, I thought well I don't know what I was expecting you to say, but I didn't I didn't think you would put such a positive. I've just never experienced it negatively. I do know that there is a there are there have been situations where it has been un it has been uncomfortable or it has been uh, exploited or whatever. But I've personally never experienced any of that, and I've never seen a negative side of it. Um, but I'll let you know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. <laughs> yeah, the, the the second episode of the conversation with Hanina. Um, let's talk about just to finish it off because we just got a few minutes left. I always like to ask people who their biggest influences are, um, and or anybody that you find inspiring. And it doesn't have to be photographers; it can be. Anybody it can be oh, well, this is a Steve question. Jobs for for all I care, you know. Um, I think it's just really interesting to get that. Okay. Insight. Me, of course, is number one. <laughs> I'm really inspired by people that have, like, put themselves out there and created amazing things. Um, whether that is photographers, so some of the photographers that I love, uh, Zoe McConnell. She's a fashion photographer. Um, I love her style of work as well. I think she's really, really cool. Um, some really amazing American fashion photographers I really like at the moment as well. Tori Rust, I think is one of the names. Um, and then... I, I just... I mean, there's a lot of, like... 
I don't know. <laughs> I feel on the spot. You don't. Have to I, you did have names. it on the spot. No, but um, there are like that. This sounds a bit weird, but I mean, <laughs> this is really off topic. But I love things that, like watching female entrepreneurs, like YouTubers or stuff like that, yeah. that have created like amazing businesses from themselves and brands, and they've gone into like other things. So there's this. This is so random. Everyone's gonna be like, "What the hell?" But there's this YouTuber called Pat- Patricia Bright. She's like a fashion beauty YouTuber, yeah, um, like influencer sort of thing. But she she's created this whole channel about investing property. Okay. You never thought that was coming, did no. you? Um, <laughs> and I love it. Like I find that really interesting, and I love how she's gone from well, she's made obviously an incredible career for herself, and she's gone on to um, like create this whole program for like female entrepreneurs or just females about investing in property because obviously that's usually quite a male focused Mm. area and she's created all these youtube videos and like this whole like program um in investing and property and how you do it and the tips and like everything like that and i love it (laughs) i love watching (laughs) things like that and i find all that really interesting so is that like an ethos thing for you like is it is it more the the way they tackle situations rather than what they're tackling? Yeah, probably, and just how they put themselves out there and yeah. possibly leave their comfort zone a lot. Um, and I guess maybe a bit similar to like the education thing you were talking about, like using what they know to help others. Yeah. In a way. No, one hundred percent agree. It's well, really I mean, random. <laughs> to be honest, I, I'm going to tell you something. My, one of my biggest influences and somebody that I look up to a mm-hmm. lot is Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. And how much he has managed to just, like, Smash conquer it. everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, like, there's been things about him in the past. He's not a very yeah. nice Well, you've person, got, you've got to like, be fearless. I think uh, it's that, And with what it's we like do... It's real, like, switched-on mindset. You have to... It, it, sometimes it's bad because then you never stop thinking. Like, I... You don't... My, my brain never stops. Like, even if I have something amazing happen... And the next second later, I'm thinking about the next thing. Like, you, you just never stops. Um, but you just have to be, especially, like, again, coming age, coming out straight from university to working as a self-employed person. Like, you just have to be so fearless. And you're going to have your up days. You're going to have your down days. You're going to have your up months, your down months. But you just got to keep going, really. <laughs> I think we're going to leave it there. Have I talked for way longer than I No, we've to? done one hour and about a minute. Wow. So we've, we've just gone over a I could talk sure for I hours. I could, I, literally, I could go on for literally I, like I, five more hours. Mate, I have first-hand experience of how long you can talk for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, thank you so much for coming on. No um, it's been really cool to get your insights on some things. Um, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? At Hanina Studio. On Instagram. On Instagram or www.hanishjudy.com cool um and what, what's what's next on the agenda for you what's next oh um so possibly agent signing mm-hmm. which is a big thing um i have got my first cosmo shoot coming up which i'm very excited about uh, i have a converse campaign coming up um i have a couple of other things i can't think off the top of my head though it's every day's different every day brings something new some days nothing happens who knows but it's all exciting. It's all exciting. Which is Onwards and upwards. The goal of everything. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Um, and look after yourself. Thank you. Me too. 
So there you have it. That is the first ever episode of Conversations Over Coffee. And I've been trying to get this off the ground for ages. So thank you so much to Hanina for joining me on this first ever episode. Um, It's been really fantastic to interview her finally. Um, Whenever I see Hanina, we tend to be working. So I don't really get a chance to pick her brains Um, And I personally think you lucky listeners at home are very fortunate to have um, Hanina as a guest on this podcast because she is incredible and I love working with her. She's a fantastic person. If you want to go and see more of Hanina's work, go follow her on uh, Instagram at Hanina Studio um, and go check out her website for her full portfolio. But just a massive thank you from me if you are listening to this podcast, if you're still listening to this podcast. I know that not everybody has a lot of time in the day and if you have chosen to allocate your time to listen to me and whatever guest I've got on, then I cannot thank you enough. Um, If you want to hear more from me, go over to Instagram. I'm at Sam V Holt. If you want to check out all of my work and my portfolio, I'm over at uh, www.samholtphotography.com. It's that easy. Um, and yeah, be sure to leave a rating and a review on this podcast. That really helps get this pushed out to other people. It really helps other people see this podcast and also promote this podcast a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's sort of it. That's, that's all I've got for my public service announcement. Um, thank you so much for listening and you shall hear me in the next episode. So again, thanks for listening. Goodbye.